Hey, I'm Lisa, and welcome to In Pursuit. Today's episode is a part of the Undergrad Guide series. Now, navigating undergrad is a daunting task, from choosing a major to signing up for classes, even deciding on a student organization to be a part of or finding an internship that aligns with your values is scary and hard. There is no guidebook to point you in the right direction and a lot of possibilities can go unnoticed. The undergrad guide is here to alleviate some of that stress. I will be sitting down with people all across the board from different fields of studies and various extracurricular experiences. I hope to not only introduce the different majors and minors available, but also the different things you can immerse yourself in to fully enjoy an undergrad experience that is catered to you. Welcome to the Undergrad Guide, and I hope you enjoy it. For today's episode in particular, I sat down with Josie, who is a fellow RA here in the building that I am in, and we actually officially met and had our first conversation during the derecho, so we had both gone down to the basement of the building to escape the hurricane, and that's when we had our first conversation, and as soon as I met her and talked to her, I was like, you are incredible, and I have to interview you for my podcast, so I'm so glad that we finally got to get to that today, and we actually sat down and recorded together in person, so if you'd like to see the first 10 minutes of the episode in person and what we looked like and just how we were sitting I guess it's gonna be up on my IGTV at inpursuit.fm on Instagram and other than that I am really excited to dive into this conversation but before I do I'd like to give her a proper introduction so Josie is a theater and journalism double major here at the University of Iowa and she started off as a creative writing major so she goes into what that transition was like and just personally going through such a change and having one thing go through your mind all throughout high school and then coming here and discovering something else about yourself and she also just talks about what it's like for journalism after graduation after high school and what the reality is of gaining experience and getting a lot of material under your belt before you enter the workforce and in that the three jobs that she holds here on campus and the many many things that she's involved in so I think Josie is a definition of putting yourself out there and getting involved on where you are at. So I really love the way that she shared her story and all the insight that she gave. And I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hi, Josie. Hi, Lisa. How's it going? It's pretty good. We had a pretty exciting morning today. Yeah, we had the cutest breakfast Mm -hmm. at this cafe and it was like perfect weather out. Mm-hmm. Also, I really appreciate when someone goes all out on their outfit with you. So we were both just walking downtown with our cute fall fits. Yep. <laughs> but I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I don't think you understand how excited I am to be here. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a super fan. <laughs> I have never done an in-person interview yet because I started interviews in the midst of COVID. So I'm very excited to have a person face-to-face. Just tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. Oh, wow. Where do I start? I am a junior this year. I am majoring in journalism. I'm also double majoring in theater. 
just because I really like theater. It's something I've done all my life and really enjoy doing and found a passion early in life. So I wanted to continue that in college. It's been really exciting. I love the theater program here, but I'm mostly focused career-wise on journalism. I am an RA with Lisa. She's the cutest. I really like it here. We found out today that we both live on farms. So that's exciting. Lisa has goats and I have dairy cattle. Both are some of the cutest animals you could possibly have on a farm. And I'm really excited to be on a podcast for the first time. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you. And what was your upbringing like on a farm and how did that uh, influence transitioning from farm life to more of a college town? I always tell people when they ask me what it was like to live on a farm that it's easily the best place you could possibly raise a kid. Like, it was an adventure every day for me and my sister. I have one little sister. Every day we'd like take our bikes out into the pasture or we'd go up into the hayloft and there was a rope swing up there. It was so much fun. So I think it's like a really great place to grow up. I definitely was always more attracted to city life. For me, Iowa City was big. So a lot of people, most people who, who I meet who go here are from like Naperville or suburb of Chicago. So it's a much smaller city for them. But for me, Iowa City was a lot bigger. Uh, so I really like always was attracted to um, the University of Iowa, really always wanted to come here from the start. I'd taken a couple visits here just growing up, but every time it just kind of felt like home. So I always knew I wanted to come here. I also had a lot of upperclassmen friends, despite being in high school through a couple like leadership programs that I'd been in. So it also felt familiar to me. I always felt like I had like peers that I could go to if I ever felt lost or without someone. And that definitely came true when I got here. Anytime I had a question um, or anytime I needed to know something about a program, I had a friend who was maybe in that program and it helped me get involved. I'll ask you about all these things a little bit later, but Within all the things that you're involved in, like the newspaper and theater, what would you say has been your biggest community and support system at Iowa? Yeah, I feel like I'm living like two different lives, having the, a double major sometimes. I switched to theater like my first semester of college. I used to be a creative writing major as my second. Nothing against the creative writing community here. It's, it's huge, it's very prestigious, it's very well known. But I found such a community in the theater department that I just didn't have in the creative writing one. I'm not sure why. I think creative writing is, I felt like I didn't fit in because I wasn't quirky enough. A lot of creative writers have like such developed personalities and their voices are so unique that I was like, wow, <laughs> I do not belong here. It's not like I don't love writing and I still do it, but it just felt like I couldn't connect. And I really crave that social connection. So I found it immediately in the theater department. Obviously because you're in plays with people, you develop those connections. You have to, like, very easily. So I definitely have a lot of theater friends. At the same time, I have a lot of journalism friends, mostly through the Daily Iowan, which I joined a couple weeks into my freshman year. I was very nervous. That's why it took me a little while to apply. I always knew I wanted to work there from sophomore year when I first took my, my visit to the journalism school. But everyone there was so like accomplished and they were all of course incredible writers and it was definitely my first professional caliber career job. <laughs> However, that was definitely not the case. I, I fit in very easily 
to all of the, the newsies is what we called ourselves on the news team. I have my best friends there now. We hang out all the time. It's a lot of motivated, driven, and of course, extremely talented people. So that keeps me also very passionate and driven about the, the field and like just falling in love with it every day and realizing like this is definitely where I want to be. How would you say your inner creative writer has shown through uh, your various theater productions or being in the Daily Iowan and the journalism side of you? How do you see yourself as a creative writer illustrated in these different ways? That's a good question. I hadn't really thought of that. I definitely think like I've always been drawn to the fine arts and creating from a very young age, which I think is, is interesting because it, it contradicted quite <laughs> harshly against like the industrialism of living on a farm. Like I could never build a fence and I was pretty bad at operating heavy machinery, but I sure could draw or I could perform or I could write. Fortunately, my parents embraced that pretty early in life. They were like, oh, okay, she's one of those. So they were pretty, they were very supportive of me. I think that comes through in a lot of different ways. I currently run the arts section of the newspaper, which definitely has a lot more creative freedom in how you write. The art community flourishes in Iowa City, and it's really exciting to explore that more and more. But also getting to write about that in a way that is a style that's unique to me, that's really exciting. It's something that not a lot of journalists, at least growing journalists, get to play around with between like news and arts writing. So I feel very happy to be able to flex my little creative notions in that way. In theater, I actually have written a couple plays. I really enjoy playwriting. I took a playwriting class last semester. It was kind of a joke at the beginning, but I said to my playwriting teacher, can we write musicals? Cause I really like musicals. And he's like, I mean, yeah, I guess, and it was kind of a joke at first that I was like, oh, haha, I'm going to write a musical, and then I did. <laughs> I wrote one. I don't have music to it. I only have lyrics, but that's definitely something I want to do. I don't consider myself a composer by any means, but maybe one day I'll tinker around on my little electric keyboard <laughs> and figure something out. But that definitely let me explore a creative side of theater that I hadn't before. I'd always wanted to try to write a play. It's a very different world and like very different medium than I realized, but also just so much fun. What is your favorite play and then what is your favorite musical? I'm going to go with my current favorite musical because it does change quite a bit. Currently, I cannot get enough of Hades Town. Um, if you haven't listened to it, it is a musical based off of both the myths of Orpheus and Eurydice and also the rape of Persephone when Persephone is kidnapped by Hades and taken to the underworld. It's really beautiful music, very folky, and so it was just, it just got to Broadway last year and obviously I had to close because of the pandemic, but such a beautiful performance. Um, so that was really cool. That's one of my favorite musicals. In my script analysis class I'm taking right now, we actually just read Top Dog Underdog. I don't know if anyone is familiar. May just become my new favorite. I had not read it previously. It's very, very good. Just phenomenal writing. Since you're very able to resonate with both the creative writing side of plays and also production side and being in them, what would you say you appreciate most, especially since you just talked about a play that you read and you enjoyed versus something you were a part of? 
how do those two parallel and what are your favorite sides of each? I've always been drawn mostly to performance. That's the track I'm currently on. I, I can't say like I, I do love the spotlight. <laughs> I think the theater pr program particularly here really develops a passion or at least a, a greater understanding of everything that it takes. Because even though I'm on the performance track currently, I'm in a tech class where I have to learn how to build sets or use machinery or like learn how to costumes work or, or lighting. I took a lighting class. You can do a whole show without actors with just lighting if you wanted to. It's that detailed and, and complex. So I think it's definitely helped me develop that appreciation for plays beyond just the, the physical aspects of performance. I have to say I, like, I love performance the most, but I'm never going to look like at a play or a musical the same way after completing this degree. So that's really, that's really fun to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in that, and you saying how the department here is really unique in that way, I know you've also talked to me about what the production side of plays are like at Iowa and how it's all student-led. And I was wondering if you'd be able to talk about that a little bit, how that is so different from other experiences that you've had or the appreciation that you might have because you're working with people who are all students. Yeah, it is so cool to be able to finish a performance and be like, yeah, performers, like all the performers on the stage were, were students or alumni that they just brought back. But also all the lighting was done by students, all the designing was done by students. Usually they have some sort of supervisor that maybe mentors them along what to do, but at the end of the day, everyone's a University of Iowa student. That is so cool. I think coming into this, I wouldn't say anything at the theater department is like professional caliber, but at the same time, the rawness of it is something so much cooler. Because <laughs> half the plays they do, they do at least two what are called main stages that are professional plays written by professional playwrights that you just get the rights to and you perform like any other play. But other ones in the great, in the vast majority are student written. So if I wanted, <laughs> and, I, and I consider this often, if I wanted, I could write a play, I could submit it, and it could be selected and performed. And I, I don't know that other programs do that, at least to this level. I hope they do because I think it's just so incredible how it fosters not just performers but playwrights. Yeah, it is definitely unique. It is so rewarding. It's also, I think, it puts a different level of responsibility on the performer. I was cast in my first play my freshman year, and it's so important to do that play justice even if it's not perfect and it won't be to make sure that you're performing those imperfections so that the person can workshop that play get feedback from that performance and then go back to their desk and and make it even better that's the whole point I think that is so cool and of course it's such a supportive community because everyone's there to learn everyone's there to help each other grow I can't like quite describe it. You always say the theater, oh my gosh, my family is in this cast, but my family is in that theater department. It's particularly hard right now not being able to see everyone, 
theaters shifted to a lot of virtual platforms right now. You can still perform, but it's very different. You lose a bit of that community, and I do miss it. Well, going back to how you talked about not being able to find that community within the creative writing program and then moving and finding the place for you. If you could go back and tell someone who was contemplating switching majors or switching programs, what was that experience and transition like for you? Switching majors was a lot more of a painless process than I thought it ever would be. I very quickly came to the realization that creative writing was not for me and even though I quickly came to that it took me a while to accept it because I had spent my whole high school career telling everyone yep I'm gonna major in creative writing I was known as like the writing girl all throughout high school and I was like if I'm not doing that then am I letting people down you get a lot of that in a, in a small town people kind of like know you for one thing or like put you in a box so it feels like there's a lot of expectations to uphold when everyone is talking about you. It felt like so much of my, my identity that I was getting rid of, but it wasn't that. And I still creative, right? And even though I'm not like declaring it as a major. So the process itself and talking it through with my advisor was, yeah, painless. It was really like, okay, go to your theater classes now. I never really looked back. I still think it's a wonderful program here, but I can't really replace the community I found and how much I, more I felt at home. I highly recommend anyone who's considering changing their major to absolutely do it. Now is the time for changes. Honestly, I, I could probably switch it again and I would have no regrets to anything because I'm just so interested in all there is to be learned. What are your other interests? Well, I could say everything. I am not good at math, but I am interested in all of the STEM majors. I think it would be so cool. I think we all have that childhood dream to be a marine biologist. I am one of them. <laughs> Paleontology, I'm in a, like my age of dinosaurs class right now just to get out my one of my science classes, but Lil Joe wanted to be a paleontologist pretty dang bad, so I love learning about the dinos. And just like anything, like science is super interesting to me. Forensics, environmental, biology, of course, I love animals of all sorts. So I think if I if I had the capacity to get past organic chemistry or any of those really tough ones, I would be a STEM major no matter what. Those are really interesting to me. I also feel like yes, I do love journalism and and writing and all of all of that wonderful stuff if there wasn't such a stigma around business majors, I feel like I'd add that onto there. I don't know how good at it I would be, but it just seems like you make a lot of connections through marketing and business. The HR person currently at the New York Times used to be a Tippy alumni, so, or is a Tippy alumni, so I was like, wow, you could still work in media and not be a media major. But yeah, I think through my experiences, it's not even just what I'm learning in my class, it's, it's more who I'm meeting. I think that's definitely why my parents sent me here in the first place. Like, I could have gone to a community college, or I could have just not gone at all and gone straight to, to work, and that would have been fine. But I think my parents are very focused on the opportunities outside of what you know. I knew how to write before I came into college, but the people I've got to, gotten to show what I can do, that's completely different. And that's definitely got me places. And that's because I'm here, so that's really exciting. 
what has been your most transformative experience because of who you know or your connections? I think knowing upperclassmen has definitely gotten me more involved than I would have. I was really fortunate to be able to show people that I could write well, even though I, I kind of just joined the journalism major. I didn't have any prior experience in it, and I want to emphasize that pretty strongly. I had one like month-long internship in high school with my local paper, which is nowhere near the caliber that I'm doing at a college newspaper that has like three times the readership that that local newspaper did. And because of that, I was able to be promoted to an editor within my first year. And after that, I was promoted and I ran the paper over the summer with one of my good friends who worked alongside me. So that was really fantastic. And, and just being able to not only like show other people, but also kind of proving it to myself that I could. That was really cool. I think we hold ourselves back because we're like, oh, I don't have as much experience in this, so I can't possibly. But no, you are good at things and show people that you're good at things and be loud and proud about the things that you know about that you can do. Yes, because <laughs> that's definitely gotten me to where I am and given me the confidence to be to be okay with what I do and still don't know. I'm definitely learning. One thing I learned mostly and as, as being the summer editor of The Daily Island is there's a lot that I have yet to learn, particularly when it comes to the ethics of journalism, which we could debate for days. A lot of it happened this summer. It was a very transformative summer, as we all know, and just a lot of things that my classes hadn't taught me yet or experiences that I just hadn't had. Not to say I was flying blind, but it took a lot of intuition and a lot of soul searching and a lot of here's what's right and here's what I think is right. It's very, it's a very gray space that you have to walk the line of. I was very happy to have the support system that I had, but I was also even more proud of myself to be like, I don't know this yet and that's okay. But still, alongside that, being proud of what you do already know and being able to show people that is something that I already had and could already share. So it's a balance of both. Yeah. As a journalist and seeing the reflection of media in current events and how things may have been portrayed in a certain light, uh, how did you see yourself in media in the future and covering topics that might be sensitive for people in the near future, as you were telling me earlier. And what is an issue that you would really like just displayed well or you're passionate about? I definitely joined this field, I mean, for a multitude of reasons, but I think because there are a lot of flaws in journalism right now that I personally just want to be able to take step forwards in and correct. I feel really empowered when I get to say like I am a woman in this field, a young woman, and this field is dominated by old white men. It is. It really is. <laughs> and at the same time the DI is 80% women easily. Easily. It is and a lot of them, a majority of them are in leadership positions, myself included. So that's so cool. If someone outside of this interview were to ask me, like, well, how do you feel going into a field dominated by old white men? I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't know. I'm surrounded by empowering, talented women 
who just two days ago were featured on the front page of the New York Times because they helped write the story. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that is so cool for me to say. So I think because of that, I'm, I'm filled with maybe a little bit of naivety about like what I'm about to enter. But that definitely gives me a lot of confidence to be like, if I'm changing already and learning in such an empowering place, it really gives you the sense that you can change what's already in place in journalism right now. Media does get a bad rap, I can, and I can say like, for some good reasons. A paradox in the world right now of media is people don't want to pay for their subscriptions. Sometimes they are overpriced and information I wish was could be accessible for everyone, but the people who write it have to get paid. So another thing would be like, maybe the government should support the journalists, but if the government supports the journalists, then the journalists can't write anything bad about the government. So <laughs> it's that big paradox that I don't really know how to solve, but I do believe um, in accessible information whenever it's possible, particularly for communities that I don't think can afford it often or just don't have access to it, just given their socioeconomic status or just not being able to have the time to sit down and read a newspaper, that's a thing. So I believe in accessible media, and I believe in finding ways to do that in an ethical manner. So I'd love to find ways to make that possible. Also, I think right now we are in a tumultuous time. Not that we haven't, America hasn't seen protests in the past, but we are definitely changing. Newsrooms are changing. Everywhere is changing and for good reasons. Language is changing. AP style is what most newspapers follow. That has changed in just astronomical levels over just this summer. DI has changed. We've capitalized the B in black now. We've started using they, them pronouns. There's so many progressive, wonderful things happening that I'm really happy to be a part of in my generation of media. That is amazing and so insightful to hear that side in that perspective of being a journalist and uh, reflecting just everything that's going on right now that you might have not thought applies to journalism. So thank you for sharing your perspective. And in the context of jobs and getting paid, I wanted to ask you because you are working three jobs in college <laughs> and you can share what they are if you'd like to, but if not, I just wanted to ask what it's like to have a job that correlates with your passion and what you really love to do, what the difference may be like in your various jobs and how you see yourself in those positions. Okay. Yeah, I'll share what my jobs are. I'd okay. love to. UI would provide like, so many interesting employment opportunities. Oh, for sure. I've held a lot of different jobs, more than I consider them my student orgs, basically, because I've met so many cool people. But currently, I am an RA, but I'm also, and I am also an editor at the DI. I'm also a writing fellow right now through the honors program and through the writing center. And that is, that means I'm paired with a specific class usually a smaller one. I think I only have like six people in my section. I kind of do the work of a TA, but don't get the status or the pay of a TA, which is fine, but I'm a peer mentor. So pretty soon I'll get my, my writer's drafts. I'll look over them. We'll have a conference. We'll talk about their writing. It's not editing. It's, it's mentoring. It's not like, oh, this is a 
you shouldn't put a comma here, you misspelled this. It's more like, you have a really wonderful voice. Let's emphasize that in a way that also helps you get a better grade. <laughs> Usually the people we're working with aren't natural writers and that's okay. And also I've, I don't know, I just have written all my life. So it's really fun to be able to see everyone else's different voices and really being able to, being able to showcase those. I, I love helping people find their words because we all have them. And they're also, they're just a very fun, unique and very powerful tool that we should all know how to use. So that's one of them. I used to work at Hancher Auditorium. It's closed right now, <laughs> but is easily one of my favorite jobs. Hancher is, first of all, just a beautiful building. It employed over a hundred students, which I don't think a lot of people know, but it's easily one of the biggest campus employers working in the box office or as ushers or even as stage managers. One of my friends is a stage manager within the uh, theater department and got to work with Kristen Chenoweth when she came here. So that was one of my cool ones. Also being an usher meant that sometimes you got to watch the shows for free. You'd have to stand the whole time because technically you were like a supervising like an aisle and making sure people don't are on their phones during the show. But you also get to watch The Color Purple or Rent or yeah any of these fantastic shows. So that was really neat. And my last job that I will <laughs> never stop talking about is I am a simulated patient at the hospital. The coolest job anyone could possibly ever have. It's theater, it's medical school, it's, it's everything. Uh, basically, I do it just whenever I'd like. It's very flexible scheduling. But if I do go in, they gave me a script and they're like, today you have type 2 diabetes or you have sleep apnea or anything like that and then I take that script home for maybe a week I memorize it and then I go in in my hospital gown and my underwear and yeah it's a job without pants and I sit up there and I work with medical students and I'm evaluating them in my head while they give me an exam or they ask me questions it takes about 15 minutes and then they leave and then I evaluate did they ask me this question did they do this did they perform this exam correctly so much fun, it's so much fun. I've had uh, fake appendicitis where I just laid there and moaned for a little while. <laughs> this is one time I worked like an eight hour shift and the whole time I had fake chlamydia. That was so funny to me. So it's such a fun job and I wish more people would do it. Also pays extremely well. So this is just me plugging being a simulated patient through the Carver College of Medicine. I've never heard of that job or that position. So cool. So where do you go first to look for a job? And this could be like UI was specific and the medium of handshake or just in general throughout all your years of work. How have you found these jobs in college? A lot of it's been through word of mouth. Simulated patient one was definitely through word of mouth. They kind of plugged it at the theater department just as like something you could do for some extra money. But Hampshire was definitely through word of mouth. An RA I'd always known I wanted to do. That was another like one of my upperclassmen friends who was just happened to be an RA. And I was like, that is the coolest job someone could possibly ever have. I applied through most of them through Handshake or just through emailing the right people who could get me the right like application or anything like that. I cannot stress enough how little people care if you just email them out of the blue asking about things. People like that a lot. <laughs> I just emailed like the right person and been like, hey, I'm really interested in this. Do you know like 
who I could talk to about this or how I could and they're like yes let me help you I want to help you and also just showing that initiative immediately puts you above and being like oh this person is confident and they reached out to me they have I don't know it's just I can't stress enough email people just do it <laughs> I would I would die if someone just emailed me like I think you're great and I want to do what you do I think it's something that's under talked about and just because it's not as of a big opportunity in high school so once you come to college and you're like wait everyone's in this directory I can just look up their name yeah. and just email them so definitely thank you for bringing that up it's definitely a good tool to utilize I know earlier you touched on how coming into college you wanted to come to meet people and you definitely could have just gone straight into working and what does the post-grad life look like for journalism especially in people who are UIWA alums that you just know or where you see yourself and what are the values that lie within that? People go different ways. I think journalism is really interesting because it's it's very internship based. Kind of like some forms of engineering can be very internship based. It's a lot of who you know. We have speed networking twice a year. They really emphasize networking because that's how you get the internships. That's how you get the jobs. They really stress it's important who knows what you know. So speed networking is kind of like speed dating. Traditionally, in non-COVID times, you would literally sign up, you dress in your best business, casual, you look hot, and then there's just a line of maybe 50 or so professionals just lined up down the hall, sitting down with their little water bottles on their stool, and you get five minutes with each one, and then they ring a little bell and you go to the next one. You get their card if you're lucky, but it's a lot of just, this is me, this is what I do, this is what I could do for your business, or just meeting people. So it's a lot of that. The majority of people, I would say, go straight into uh, the field and don't mind uh, post-grad. I think for a lot more like professional papers, having a master's kind of just guarantees you that job. But for the majority of people, at least from what I've seen at the DI, it's a lot of going in and working at a local paper and then expanding from there just getting those clips under your belt. But for people who are here, you definitely increase your chances the more you involve yourself in the media that's already available to you. It doesn't do you much good to say you're a journalism major and not produce work. <laughs> so while I'm at the DI right now, I really want to expand and start and start producing work for all the really incredible literary mags or just regular zines that are all over campus. It seems like a new one started every year, so there's a lot, but there's I'm going to I'm going to call her out Nikki Shaw is one of the most inspirational people I've ever met within the field. I think she's like held a leadership role in almost every single publication that's available on campus or at least submitted at least once to each one. But I definitely want to follow in those footsteps because I'm pretty notorious for getting involved in too many things. So if I'm going to get involved in too many things, I want them to be the right things. So that's something I definitely want to work towards. I'm very happy to have over a hundred stories already done. And if someone said, hey, what can you do? I could be like, here you go. Here's all my stuff. Here are my favorite ones. So that's really exciting and to be able to say that I get to graduate with that many stories already done is something that not everyone gets to say. But it is a, definitely a lot of what you make of it. If you go into this, you gotta be 
gotta be ready to work. So I'm happy that I'm ready to work. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, I'm really also happy that I'm getting the college experience that I came here for. And that was the episode with Josie. She is such an amazing and fun person, and I'm pretty sure you could feel her positive energy through the audio and just throughout the podcast. So I'm so grateful to have gotten to chat with her. And if you enjoy this episode or you know someone who is in journalism or theater or would be interested in majoring in one or the two or both like Josie in college, make sure to share it and just let me know what you thought of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you next time.